All right, TMG Podcast, December edition in three, two. Hello, everybody. This is Tony Barnard, and welcome back to the weekly TMG Podcast, where we have way, way too much fun. Uh, we've got another wild weekend of college football coming up as the calendar turns to December. But before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, APA, APBA, the unchallenged king of realistic, high-quality sports simulation products. Uh, John Herson and the gang have been with us for a good time, and we appreciate them. also want to thank David at Revelation Studios in lovely Mansfield, Texas. All right, I think we've got the whole gang here. Let's start in Sissuate, Mass. with Mr. Mark Blauschen. Mr. Blauschen, you, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Tony Ray, for another uh, wild week of uh, football or no football. We'll see. And we've got a lot of headlines off the field that we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. From the lovely, the windy city of Chicago, where I'm sure it's much cooler than it is here in Atlanta, Georgia, Mr. Herb Gould. Mr. Gould? Hey, Tony. Uh, good to be here. And, you know, the big question in Big Ten country is to play or not to play for Ohio State? <laughs> that is the question, Shakespeare. Yes, it is. And we've got, uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about uh, a Big Ten problem, which is an Ohio State problem. But we're going to get to that in a little bit. Mr. Tom Lucci coming to us from uh, the Garden State, New Jersey. Mr. Lucci, how are you today? Doing well, Tony. I hope everybody here is well and healthy and safe and uh, looking forward to another fun week. Uh, It is going to be another fun week because we've got the second round of the college football playoff rankings came out on Tuesday night. We're going to talk about those. The top eight teams, uh, the top seven teams uh, did not change. First time that that has happened. Uh, Usually have some chicks, a lot of different scenarios. But but first, we would be remiss if we did not start our award-winning podcast with what happened uh, yesterday on Tuesday in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now, let me break this down for all of our listeners here. And if I get it wrong, Mr. Blauschen will correct me. But there was a couple of issues that the ACC was dealing with in terms of schedule. One of those issues was the fact that Dabo Sweeney had no desire at all to reschedule his game with Florida State on December 12th. That was issue number one. Issue number two was that Notre Dame couldn't, if if Clemson wasn't going to play Florida State on December 12th, then there's no way that you could ask Notre Dame to play Wake Forest on November 12th, uh, which would be the week before the ACC championship game. Lo and behold, our friends in Greensboro, North Carolina, waved a magic wand, and they said, you know what? We have got an answer for this dilemma. Clemson, after you play Virginia Tech on Saturday, you're done. Notre Dame, after you play Syracuse on Saturday, you are done. And then we're going to gauge, instead of a 10-game conference schedule, we're going to gauge a nine-game conference schedule. And, oh, Miami, we hate to break the news to you, but you got to play two games. you got to play this week, and then you got to play next week when those other two teams – are sitting out. Mark Blouch, proud Miami graduate. The floor is yours. What about Well, I, I, first of all, I, I think ACC must have a line to Vegas because they're guaranteeing Syrac- uh, that Notre Dame and Clemson are going to win on Saturday. I mean, that's, that's, so that's, look, take that to the bank, guys. Those, both of those teams are going to win because the ACC has proclaimed that 
as such, so they could play their championship game without controversy. But here's the question. What happens if either one or both of those teams lose? As, as, as unlikely as that's going to happen, Syracuse beating Notre Dame will be a center of the year, and Virginia Tech beating Clemson would, be very, would also be surprising, but not as quite as stunning as Syracuse winning. But if both of those things happen, and then you declare the, the season over for, for both teams, are you kidding me? What happens to Miami, you know, and, and sitting there, at, you know, they beat Duke and they're sitting there with one loss, you know, but they, but they, but they said that, that both, that, that neither team has to play on this 12th. They should have, what they should have done was say, we're going to wait until we see what happens on Saturday night, see what the, the, uh, the, the, the landscape was like, and then make an announcement, well, we'll do one on 12th. That was right. fair. What they did now was premature and stupid. Uh, Miami is at Duke on Saturday. That was a game that uh, that got replaced. I think they were going to play Wake Forest, but Miami is playing Saturday at Duke, and then they get uh, December twelfth. They've got North Carolina at home, and then December ninth they're supposed to play Georgia Tech. So, so Tom Lucci, it sounds like. I mean, l- listen, I'm not suggesting that. Uh, well, yeah, I am. I'm suggesting that the ACC has really bent over backwards to take care of the University of Notre Dame and its one-year membership. Because the reality, and tell me if I'm wrong, Luch, but as I'm sitting here looking at this Notre Dame schedule, Notre Dame is in the ACC championship game. They're in in right now because they've got the the tiebreaker over Clemson. So the issue is, as I see it, guys, this is uh, this is a, quite a coup for Notre Dame and its one-year membership in the ACC. I mean, not only I think this, they're not only are they locked into the ACC championship game right now, but if they beat Syracuse on Saturday, which they're gonna they're gonna boat racing, they are pretty much locked into the college football playoff. Even if they lose to Clemson, assuming they don't get blown out, Mr. Lucci, I mean, does this not look like a very uh, advantageous position for the University of Notre Dame? Yeah, well, first of all, Tony, I'm rooting for Virginia Tech this weekend. I want to see a little chaos and see the plans screwed up uh, in the ACC, see what another loss does to Clemson and how they manage that. But uh, let's be honest here. They manipulated it, put themselves in the best position to get two teams in the playoff. I think it's partly, you know, catering to Notre Dame, but it's also partly to get two teams in that college football playoff. And the only way they're going to do that is Notre Dame and Clemson, because despite Miami's one lost season, they're not getting in. So uh, the thing I find so strange is that Notre Dame is 8-0 in the league. Clemson's 7-1. Miami's 6-1. Notre Dame technically should have two games left, as should Clemson. What if they lose those games and Miami sweeps? And then all of a sudden, you have Notre Dame with three losses, Clemson with three losses, North Carolina with three losses in the league, and NC State with three losses in the league. How do you determine the second with number two team? So what they've done is they've been, again, advantage Notre Dame because, uh, you know, they're making it as as easy as possible for them, but also advantage ACC so we can get two teams in the college football playoff. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, it it, They took advantage of a situation and they, they met with their football committee and said, Hey guys, we got a deal for you. And so, so tell me this, Herb Gould, uh, you keep your eye on the university of Notre Dame. Uh, if Notre, no, let's say Notre Dame beats Syracuse, which we expect them to do. 
and they play Clemson in the ACC championship game in Charlotte, which is 90 minutes from the Clemson campus. Uh, and it's a close game. Any doubt, even Notre Dame as a loser of the ACC championship game would be in the college football playoff? Not in my mind. I mean, I think that, you know, as we've, you've already laid it out, I mean, this season is just set up uh, very goldenly under the Golden Dome. Um, yeah, they're, you know, if they, if they play a competitive game against Clemson after beating Syracuse, uh, you know, they're fully deserving. Um, I, you know, they've, they've done everything that they could do. And, and they also, in the last, you know, since the Clemson game, they passed the eye test. That's a, a good looking football team. And to the point where I'm not so sure that, you know, for a long time, we thought that that Clemson was going to have some kind of a gimme against Notre Dame because they'd have Trevor Lawrence back. I don't know that that's the case. I think that's going to be a very competitive game. And I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame won a second time. And if that happens, that will throw open a lot of different scenarios. But for, All right, so that, there's issue number one with the playoffs. The ACC has put itself into a great position to get two teams in the playoff. Now, let's go back to what, for lack of a better term, the Ohio State problem. Guys, to me, this is pretty simple. Ohio State didn't play against Illinois last week because of COVID. They're not going to make that game up. So as we sit here today, Looks like looks like Ohio State's going to get to play Michigan State on Saturday. Hope that they'll play Michigan the following week and then play in the Big Ten championship game. But right now, the best, the very best that Ohio State can do is 7-0 and and Big Ten champions. That's the best. And I ask you, Mark Blauschen, is that enough to get Ohio State into the playoffs? <clears throat> Seven and zero, barely. I, I think barely, and and and, and it'll be over after an extreme argument over a possible ten and one, a nine and one uh, Texas A and M team is probably the, the biggest contender for that. But seven and zero would make it. Anything less than that, I don't think they should be in. I think it should be that should be it. But seven and zero, I think that's right on the, on the Mendoza line there, where I think they 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 probably can squeeze in. So her girl, the, the seven and zero. My my line in the sand is seven and zero and Big Ten champions. Okay, I think right. you got to have both of those. We, we now know her, and t- tell me if I'm explaining this wrong. But my understanding is that if, if if Ohio State loses, not loses the game, but doesn't get a chance to play one of these final games against Michigan State and Michigan, if they're not able to play both of those games, they would not technically be eligible to play in the big 10 championship game. Do I have that right? Yes, that's right. And then, then they're not getting to seven and zero because they missed a game. You know, that, that is a can of worms that is, it's just, there's, it's so fraught with peril. I don't even know how to wrap my mind around it because then Ohio state would uh, revert to being, they would play, you know, they're going to do some uh, one, plus one game. So Ohio state would be a second place team, I presume. And then, but they're still only at six at six wins. And that, you know, I don't know what you do with that. That's why I wrote yesterday at at TMG that this is the golden perfect year for an eight team playoff, because now, you know, I mean, you've got all of these things going on here with teams playing fewer games. Schedules are not even, you know, there's no, frame of reference if you just have an eight team playoff 
you're going to, you're going to raise a little more revenue. You're going to, you're going to open up, let, let the big 10 figure this out, whether Ohio state is eligible or not, get a PAC 12 team in there, give them a little bit of meaning. And if they're not any good, they're going to be out of that playoff real fast anyway. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a mess. I, I can't even imagine what they're going to do if Ohio State doesn't get to play seven games. Well, if they don't get to play seven games, they're they're not getting in the playoff. And, but I, I will say that, but Tom Lucci, here's the yes. question. Here's the Let question. me weigh in with a couple of points first, Tony. Please do. In the, in the top 10 of the college football playoff rankings this week, eight teams have played at least eight games, one has played seven, and one has only played four. Basically, half of the other eight in the top ten. That's number one. Number two, I hope Herbstreit didn't get his information from what I wrote on TMG on Sunday about Michigan mailing on that Ohio State game because he's been apologizing all over the place. Uh, but I suggested that uh, it was not out of the realm of possibility for Harbaugh and Michigan to suddenly get positives, you know, in a lawsuit. Why would they help Ohio State and get pummeled by Ohio State? And they will get pummeled, you know, because they're not that good. Um, and the third thing is, here's my issue with Ohio State, especially if it's six games. Seven games, you could probably twist my arms and say they belong to, in as Big Ten champs. Six games, where are their quality wins? And I ask you that because we know they gave up a mile of passing yards against Indiana, which is now without its quarterback, could lose two more games. Okay, And that was a home game for Ohio State. Michigan's terrible. Michigan State's a sub-500 team. If Northwestern loses another game or so, and it's possible with the remaining schedule, uh, they're not a you know they're not a dominant team. They're a very good team, uh, and that's who Ohio State beats the two lost Northwestern team in, in the Big Ten championship. Why are we rating Ohio State number four? Where are the where's the quality wins? Where's the analytics? Where's the metrics? I don't want to hear about only the eye test. It doesn't work for me. Can I let me just say here? This is a national tournament. And that's why I think an eight-team playoff makes perfect sense. You have a team from each league. You know, that's like basic from the caveman days. You win and advance. And and when you have when you try and pick four teams, you really you you know it's it's like we've outgrown the four-team playoff yeah. before our very eyes. And here's something that would support that, Herb. If uh, Notre Dame and Clemson get in, and the SEC gets two. You're looking at the possibility Florida upsets Alabama. Just say it happens. You're looking at the possibility of three of the Power Five conferences being excluded from the playoffs. Yep. yep. Okay. Think about that. You don't think people are going to be uh, screaming for eight teams next year? I mean, well, that's absolutely, because it was made for these five conferences, and and more than half of them are already excluded. It's just eight, ridiculous. Eight. Exactly, and this mo- that's why this morning I wrote, well, actually off of last night's pairings, uh, I, I, rem- I recall back in 2011 when uh, Alabama and LSU were ranked one and two, played in the game of the century in Tuscaloosa, LSU won nine to six in overtime, then they met again uh, in the Sugar Bowl for the national championship, and the world simply howled, and that put us on the course to the 14 playoff that we have right now. And my point is, guys, I'm telling you, I sat there and crunched the numbers last night. Not only is it possible that we could have an all SEC, ACC uh, final four college football, not only is it possible, but if Ohio State and the Big Ten champion is not in the mix, it's likely. (laughs) 
I well, mean, yeah, it is, it's likely. You're, you're exactly right, Tony, and that was a good piece. And I would just say, if Ohio State doesn't play seven games, it is likely. It very much is likely. And, you know, that that's sort of the flaw, as, as Tom said, is this a national tournament or isn't it? You know, and as it stands now, you know, it, it really isn't a national tournament. So that's where you, you're going to get to that eight gamer. The other thing that we haven't mentioned is we're looking at a third Notre Dame Clemson game in uh, in all, you know, certainly very possible, depending on how the, the rankings go. They might even just meet in the semifinals. I think that's the standings as they are right now. So, yeah, I mean, there's a, there, this is really kind of imploding. Uh, we, we talked about this being a year with an asterisk, and, and I think it's a year with two asterisks at the point we're at right now. And let me throw in one more scenario that our man Blauschen threw at me yesterday, and I put it in the story this morning on, uh, you know, on, on TMG College Sports, si.com slash TMG. I put it in there, and the scenario – is that the SEC could get three teams in because Texas A&M is sitting there in the five hole. Now, Texas A&M's got some work to do. They got, they got three games left, guys, and they play at Auburn on Saturday. And I'm telling you, that's going to be a tough game for Texas A&M. Still, Texas A&M is sitting there in the five hole. And if Florida, if Florida uh, beats Alabama – so I think Florida and Alabama get it. And if, if Florida beats Alabama, there's no doubt in my mind. Is there any doubt in anybody's mind if Florida beats Alabama that Alabama still go get in the playoffs? Any doubt in anybody's no, mind? No, no, no. 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 Okay. All right. If Notre Dame's getting in with one loss, Tony, the Clemson in the ACC championship game, Alabama's getting in. Right. Well, right. I, the scenario goes like this. Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. Both teams get in. Notre Dame beats Clemson for the second time, eliminates Clemson, and Notre Dame is in. Now you've got to find the number four team. And the choices for your number four team would be Texas A&M at 9-1 and one with a win over Florida, and its only loss is to Alabama. Then Cincinnati prob- probably at 10-0. and 0. Maybe Miami at 9-1. and one. Uh, A two-loss Big 12 champion. Those would be your your choices for the four spot. Texas A&M, because they were all, they were five to begin with, they get in. And you got three SEC teams, and the absolute world will come crashing down. But that's if Ohio State doesn't make it, Tony. I mean, if Ohio State's undefeated seven zero, they they get the spot. Right. No, no, that's the key. the key. The key to all these scenarios about having <coughs> two SEC and two ACC. Has, is the big is Ohio State? If Ohio State is not seven and zero and Big Ten champion, we're going to have a hell of a finish. <laughs> and the the other scenario, Tony, what if Northwestern beats Ohio State? Then he, the Big Ten is not getting a team in the playoffs. Well, well and he, yeah, here's he, a, go ahead, Herb. No, I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, everything. If Ohio State isn't seven and zero. For whatever reason, whether they're six and zero or six and one, yeah, then then all of a sudden you are opening up this scenario with, you know, probably two ACC and two SEC or possibly three SEC. That's there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's just it's just that strange of a season, right? Well, it is, it is, and that would be so. Twenty twenty, 
of everything. But I want to go back to something that Herb raised about the, the we guys have been doing this a long time. We all sat through the 16 years of the BCS. And for 16 years, people fussed and cussed about the BCS and say, when are you going to go to a 14 playoff? It lasted 16 years. The college football playoff, this is the seventh year of a 12-year contract. We all know that these, the people who run college football, don't move until the marketplace is right or they are forced to move. So the, the question I want to throw out to the group is this. Under this scenario that we talked about, and Tom Lucci just mentioned it, we've got a situation where five, three of the five power conferences are not represented in the playoffs. It's one thing to have one. It's one thing to have two, but to have three. Now it's not their fault. It's nobody's fault. It's the virus's fault. But does that, uh, somebody told me a while back that things like this pandemic accelerate trends that were already in place, but moving slowly. Would, would that rise? I'll start with you, Mark Blasson. Would that rise to the level of seriously looking at an 18 playoff where all five of the conference champions are guaranteed a spot? I would say yes with, with an asterisk on it, Tony, because here's the thing. Before, before Jim Delaney retired and, 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 you know, and, and the Big Ten had a, had a voice of leadership and, and the Big 12 has had very little voice, and the HSC certainly has no voice. And the Pac-12 is, you need someone to lead that charge. Now, other than, other than, 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 than Greg Sankey, I don't see anyone leading the charge to, 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 to get that thing together. These guys, these leagues can't agree on how to run their own league. How are they going to put together a plan to get uh, an 18 playoff where all the leagues are involved? I just I want to see who's going to – need a point guy to, to do that, and, and you need cooperation from other leadership among the conferences. And right now, other than the SEC, I see no leadership at all anywhere. Well, that's, that's – you know, I, I think you're right, Blau. I totally agree. I think that what might be the impetus for this is, you know, you go up to Bristol, Connecticut, and there might be some people up there, and they say, you know what, if you keep this 14 playoff, it's worth X dollars. If right. you go to an 18 playoff, uh, we're going to double it or whatever they're going to do. I mean, it would be dramatically improved. I got to think those people are cringing at the thought of, you know, another – uh, 14 playoff where where it's very regional as opposed to a national thing. But you're right. The, the conferences aren't really able to do this. But if you light a fire under them and there's going to be even more pressure on them to recoup financially, that might be the impetus. Well, th there's a lot going on uh, about this. And, and the fact that uh, – and I, Mark, you talk about Jim Delaney. Jim Delaney made it very clear that he would never support an 18 playoff of any kind, unless the five conference champs were all guaranteed a spot right. in. Correct. And, and so uh, it's hard for me to, to do that because there's, there's no reason this other than the money. There's no reason uh, to sign off of it. Here's another topic that somebody raised to me the other day is given the nature of what we're talking about right now, that, that two team, only two conferences could be represented in the uh, playoffs, it's starting to affect recruiting because the guys who come into college want to play, the, the elite players want to play for teams that have a chance to go to the college football playoff. And as a result, uh, the recruiting guys I know are saying, 
so many guys, they're, they're all looking at the same schools, you know, uh, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, those are just the ones who have played in the playoffs. And that's not good for the overall sport of college football because the talent gets concentrated uh, in one place. Uh, again, I'll talk, I'll, I'll ask Tom Lucci. I said, you know, are we, uh, does it feel like because of the pandemic and everything has happened, are we reaching a critical mass on this idea of an 18 playoff or does everything go back to the way it used to be next year? Well, I think they have to have the discussion, Tony, um, because we're, we're talking about the playoffs right now and nobody's even mentioning the Pac-12 or the, or the Big 12. We yep. have, they haven't even entered the conversation. So that's that's a that's a major issue, especially the Pac-12 has has three unbeaten teams. I know they've only played three games, most of them, but uh, they're not even part part of the conversation. I I don't understand the objection to eight teams, uh, especially this year. And when you mentioned recruiting too, uh, I think one of the byproducts of this pandemic that we're starting to see more and more uh, teams that are stuck in the middle of meaningless seasons, and especially with the uh, the the shortening of the bowl schedule with, with bowl games canceling. How many kids are opting out all of a sudden? Oh, yeah. We're a rash of people opting out. Now, none from Alabama, obviously, and none from Notre Dame. But somebody said, and how much does that affect those schools uh, when they try to play football? That's the other byproduct, uh, you know, of this entire pan- pandemic. Well, I, I find it fascinating. You know, well, okay, quick one-word answer for everybody across the room. Right now, as structured, the college football 14 playoff will go through 2025, I think it is. Do we does, do we get to the end of that contract, or does it change before the end of that contract? Mark Blashen, one yes or no? Yes, changes. Herb Gould, yes or no? Yeah, I think so. So, Luke, you think that this is going to change before we get to 2025? I do. I certainly hope so, but I do. Well, that, that, that's that is, I think everybody, I think I was a hard line guy on the 14 playoff for a long time, but I'm no longer feel that way. I think the overall health of the sport, it would be good to spread the wealth uh, a little bit more. Let's go to a few headlines here, guys. Uh, well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to our man, Lucci, who a week ago gave some love to Jared Patterson of Buffalo. Mr. Lucci, this guy, you need to mention him again today because he is tearing it up. Uh, it's unbelievable, Tony, right? And, and as I said, I, I couldn't take my eyes off the game, especially since he was so close to the rushing record, going for 409 yards and eight touchdowns, tying the, the FBS record. But he has Ohio here this week, and Ohio's good. You know, that's a, that's a good team. And uh, The funny thing is, you know, you look at him the last two games. Last two games, Tony, 710 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns. I don't care what level you're doing that at. That's impressive. So uh, we'll see if he can carry that through the season. I mean, he's going to wind up. The guy could play eight games and still have a 2,000-yard season, which is incredible when you think about it. Unbelievable. Well, which which makes me think here. Let me, let me go around the room real quickly. Today, Mark Blauschen, who is your leader for the Heisman Trophy? You know, that's a good question. I mean, I was thinking about that, and 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 I. I think it's between. I think it's an Alabama SEC uh, final right now, but but Ian Book is there, and the ironic thing is that championship Saturday is going to be a Final Four Saturday. You can have you can have you can have Book and, and Trevor Lawrence play in one game, and you can have what's you know Joan and and, oh, yeah. and, and 
and, and trash in the other game. So you're, you're going to see all four going head to head against each other, and the two winners will be the two finalists. With with again, Jared, you know, Jared Sidman at, at, at feels that at, just because at Ohio State is, is going to be is going to be on the outside. He's going to have to come from behind to, to, to win it. So. Herb Gould is Justin Fields out of this because Ohio State hasn't played enough. Well, he's certainly he's certainly behind. You know, I'm, I'm trying to remember now. We've obviously pushed back the Heisman voting date to uh, when is it? Late December twentieth, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there's some football to be played, but but I agree. I mean, you, Ian Book is coming on strong. Uh, Trask certainly. Mac Jones uh, and. You know, Trevor Lawrence, we haven't seen a whole lot of him lately, but we're going to see that in the next few weeks. So, you know, that, that's, that's the group that I, I kind of have my eye on. Well, let, let me say this. I, I, you, mentioned, you mentioned Ian Book. I thought one of the more impressive things I saw last weekend was the way that Notre Dame lined up and just mauled North Carolina in the second half of that football game. You talk about a team going on the road. And you sit there and watch Ian Book play, and I've seen him play uh, a couple of times in person, and you look at him, and he doesn't really impress you physically. But the guy knows how to make plays. <laughs> he, 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 now he, he did a couple of shovel passes that I think that uh, – uh, Coach Kelly would like to have back, but uh, Herb, you've seen you've seen Ian Book play a lot. What is it about this guy? Well, you know what it is. I think is he he moves. He's a lot faster. You know, we don't think of you know we don't think of of him when we look at him physically. We don't realize how mobile he is, and he's not a guy that's going to air it out and throw that big deep ball regularly. But he can do it occasionally. But he's just a gamer. You know, you can almost smoke coming out of his ears when he has to put a lot on a ball you know a mid-distance ball he does it and he just makes plays you know, he's, he's what you what you used to call a winner you know he just gets it done uh and he's also you know when he first got on the field he was sort of a coach on the field i think that was what why brian kelly liked him initially uh because he really sees the game and has a good feel for the game and he needed to improve to make better throws. But at this point, you know, he's really developing into a nice quarterback with a bright future. Tom Lucci, who's going to win the Heisman trophy? Uh, well, I, I personally think it's down to Trask and Mac Jones. That's, that would be me. I, I, you know, only because Trevor Lawrence has missed a couple of key games and the game books coming from behind. The other thing that we know, Tony, it's still a quarterback award. I mean, I think yeah. the last four winners of the Heisman have been quarterbacks. Derrick Henry interrupted that, and I think the pre- previous four were quarterbacks. The previous five maybe were quarterbacks. So we've had probably nine or ten, nine of ten or ten of eleven best years have been uh, high, uh, quarterbacks winning the Heisman. The thing about Mac Jones is, I just think feel like we take sometimes take the Alabama guys for granted yep. because they're so good. They play at such a high level, a sustained high level. That, you know, oh, yeah, we know he's going to throw for five touchdowns and 300 yards against Auburn because they're good. Well, I don't think we can hold that against them. I, I mean, I know Kyle Trask has had great games with great numbers. But for my money, I mean, what, what Mac Jones has done in his first full years has started very, very impressive. Well, he's got he's got Devontae Smith, who is probably the most underrated player in college football. I mean, this yeah, guy Kyle, is. Well, Kyle Trask has the best tight end in college football. Nay, no doubt. No doubt. So, you know, it, that, that stuff works out. I just, like I said, I just think sometimes we get Alabama fatigued, like we have Clemson fatigue now. 
and you just tend not guys tend not to vote for him because it's too obvious. But I, I like Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. Let's see how that game goes. Alabama quarterback has never won it. That that will be something to absolutely watch. Well, let's go over a few games here before we wrap this puppy up here. Uh, I'm telling you, the way that Texas A&M beat LSU 20 to seven last week, they were sloppy, uh, but the, the conditions were not great, and so uh, but they did they did win. They go to Auburn. They're six and a half point favorite at Auburn. I, I'm telling you, Auburn got embarrassed by Alabama last week, but you know what? Alabama's embarrassing everybody. And uh, I think this is a dangerous game for Texas A&M. What what say you, Mark Blauschen? Well, I think it's extremely dangerous. I I think think A&M can't relax at all in the last three games. I think think they'll win all three, but I think they're going to have to struggle for all three. Texas A&M's got Auburn this week, Ole Miss, and Ole Miss can score points on everybody on December 12th. And December 19th, they play at Tennessee, and I think Tennessee's pretty much mailed it in. But those two games, the Auburn game and the Ole Miss game, are dangerous for Texas A&M and obviously eliminates their margin of error. Alabama's 28-point favorite over LSU. LSU's has pretty much tanked it. Clemson's a 22-point uh, favorite over Virginia Tech. Uh, I, don't, I don't see Virginia Tech mustering enough. Syracuse at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favored by 33 Ohio State and Michigan State. Now, Herb Gould, I'm going to ask you about the Michigan State Spartans. I mean, they're two and three, but they've beaten Penn State, who's not very good, but it's still Penn State, and they've beaten Northwestern. I mean, uh, Mel Tucker has got his team. Could they jump up and give Ohio State a game at home? I I don't think so. I mean, they have some good athletes, and, and Mel Tucker does have them playing very enthusiastically. Uh, their quarterback, despite having one of the great names in college football, Rocky Lombardi, he does some things well, but he makes mistakes. And, and I don't know that I, I don't I would not predict that he would be able to play the kind of game that could beat Ohio State. But on the other hand, I didn't I didn't think he could play the kind of game that could beat Northwestern. And they are very athletic and they are moving around pretty well. But, you know, Ohio State is just – I still think very solid. I, I think that, that, you know, Ohio State looked flawed defensively against Indiana because they had some problems, but also because Indiana, it was really a good, good offense on that day. All right. Hey, this is the game I'm looking at, guys. I would maintain of all the great coaching jobs that have been done this year, Matt Campbell at Iowa State has got to be on, the, on your top five list. Guys who have done it, they play what they beat Texas last week because Matt Campbell outcoached Tom Herman so bad it was just ridiculous. Uh, they win that game. They play West Iowa State plays West Virginia. They can clinch a spot in the Big Twelve championship game. But think about this. Think about this. Iowa State could get to the Big Twelve championship game. Maybe they could beat Oklahoma in the Big Twelve championship game and finish with a record of uh, nine and two. Only one of those losses was in the Big 12. The other loss was the season opener against the University of Louisiana, came to Iowa State and beat them. And ultimately, guys, and I'll ask you this, Tom Lynchy, if Iowa State was the Big Ten champion with only one loss, 
let's say they beat Louisiana and they only got one loss, don't they get into the under this scenarios we were looking at? Don't they get in the college football playoff? Well, I think they certainly they would be, you know, much higher than they are, you know, just barely in the top ten. Uh, they've already beat Oklahoma. They'd have to beat them a second time, which is, you know, I can't remember a team beating Oklahoma twice in a season. So that would be significant. And you're right, Matt, Matt Campbell's done a, a terrific job. I mean, to be honest with you, Tony, it's a little horn blowing here, but I had Iowa State in my preseason top ten as the best team in the Big Twelve, largely because of Matt Campbell, number one, uh, you know, and, and the quarterback, Brock Purdy. I thought this was going to be a breakout year for him. They're generally pretty good defensively, and they have been uh, at times. But Brock Purdy is one of those guys that uh, doesn't dazzle you like an Oklahoma quarterback, um, but the guy knows how to win. So, yes, I think uh, to answer your questions, yes, I do believe that they would be very much in a conversation at 9-1, and 10-1 as Big 12 champions, beating Oklahoma twice, beating Texas. Yes, uh, I would see them right there. And the ultimate irony is that a loss to Louisiana could cost would have cost them a spot uh, in the college football playoff. So that that's a that's a little touch of irony. Baylor's at Oklahoma. Oklahoma controls their destiny uh, down the stretch. If they win out, they will uh, get to the Big Twelve championship game. Uh, interesting note this week coming out of Oklahoma. Uh, Coach Lincoln Riley has asked Coach Bob Stoops, all of sixty years young, to come and. Help him coach because he's got he's had guys that have been touched by the virus and Coach Stoops is doing that so that that'll be kind of interesting wow. okay. on Saturday. That, yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting note there. That I think I think Bob's got a, a son on the team if I'm not mistaken. So that will be uh, that will be kind of interesting. Well, gentlemen, let's let's close it out with this. Uh, I have to con- confess to you that there were times in the summer. Uh, and- didn't know we were going to play college football. And then I was told by smart people that, yeah, we're going to get started. What we don't know is if we can get finished. And we can see the – cross your fingers. We can see the uh, finish line from here. I mean, bottom line, Mark, what big picture, what what is your takeaway – as we enter December, what's what's your takeaway on the job that people have done to get us this far in college football? Well, they, they, I mean, I do really right. They, they, they got this far, and they, they, they got a season played for, for most part. The SEC, um, you know, has done a pretty good job. The ACC, for most problems, has done a pretty good job. Uh, uh, the Big Ten and the, and the Pac-12 started late, and, and, and they paid the consequences. So, yeah, I think they've done a, a, a gut job. Now, whether they can finish it or not is, is going to be – it's still up in the air. Uh, and I'll leave you with this bit of trivia, guys. Uh, what are the odds that, that Notre Dame would play in a conference championship game before Michigan? <laughs> how about that? Yeah. And, uh, how about that? Hey, Tony, how about one last thing before we, before we yeah. go? How about the game thing? Going to Coastal. Yeah. That's, I think that's great. I, yeah, I, I love it Liberty, when they go, they go to places. Yeah. You mean, the as somebody said, the Coastal Carolina Chandeliers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I think it's great when game day goes to places they haven't been before. And just think what that I does do. to that, that campus, uh, just to bring attention. Obviously, they, they had done it with basketball. Cliff Ellis won a bunch of games there and got in the NCAA tournament there. So this is uh, – and, and their coach, Coastal Carolina's coach, is uh, on the short list at uh, South Carolina where we hear that. Uh, reinforces why South Carolina is looking for a coach because they're the third best team in their state now. No, no doubt. 
no doubt. It's not even close. Not even <laughs> close. Well, on that happy note, boys and girls, we're going to end it. Uh, before we go, we want to once again thank our sponsor, APA, APBA, the Unchallenged King of Realistic High Quality Sports Simulation Products. We want to thank David at uh, Revelation Studios in Mansfield, Texas. He, he pulls all of this stuff together, so we just get to talk which is what we love to do. And we will be back next week. Uh, again, if you want to read our stuff on the, from the media guys, media guides, it's uh, on si.com slash TMG, which stands for the media guides. And we all, we've got new stuff coming up all the time. And pretty later this week, we'll all be doing our pick sixes, which I maintain is highly entertaining, highly informative reading. All right, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. We will see you next week as we get ready for the games of December 12th. And until then, uh, for Mark Blash and Herb Duel, Tom Lucci, I'm Tony Barnhart. This has been the TMG Podcast. Carry on.